Welcome to Numb Bills Fan Podcast, episode number 160. I am your host, David Palermo, and on the line right now, there is Kevin Masseri from Lockdown Bills. Kevin, what's up? Not much, Dave. What's up with you? Good. I just want to tease you so I can get into uh, Grandstand Sports Network that we're a part of. So check out GrandstandSportsNetwork.com where you can find all the Lockdown Franchise Podcasts. And if you don't already... Subscribe to Lockdown Bills Podcast on iTunes or wherever you find your podcast. Kevin is great on there and honestly hands out my favorite Bills information to listen to. I read a lot, but I really like to listen. So I guess I should say I don't read a lot. I like to multitask, hence why I like the podcast. So it's easier. I think it's easier to streamline. Um, don't forget at Punchrunk on Twitter. Follow Punch Drunk Sports along on iTunes as well. And make sure, great podcasts from comedians. If you like comedy, you have some thick skin, and you want to hear sports the way it should be called and talked about, you know, MMA fights, you're going to hear about it. You're going to get that sports coverage that you don't get. And it's going to be raw from Ari Shafir, San Tripoli, and Jason Tebow. We had Jason Tebow on from DirecTV at... Uh, you know, Red Zone Channel. So it was pretty cool to have him on previewing his favorite team, the Falcons. And so, you know, go back to the episodes, find that one with Jason Tebow. I'm hoping to put out some feelers to more people. So that said, follow along, Numb Bills fan on Instagram. If you don't already, subscribe on iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts. Twitter, pretty active. And also Facebook and Reddit. So thank you. Um, it's been a rough week really with this this Bills team on a uh, three-game skid. I personally spent a lot of time ripping apart the Bills coaching staff, and I'll own that. Um, and I, I should say ripping apart. Let me backpedal a little bit. More like being objective about it. And I've had people tweet me in the past, hey, I listened to your Bills podcast. Flattered, by the way. Thank you for subscribing. Like, really mean it. Um, I listen to your podcast and I look, you know, I, I look for something positive and there's nothing, you're not being positive. And, uh, for me, it's about being objective. And when I see a coach has a vision, a GM has a vision, an owner has a vision, we want to see the process through. So some guys in the past I've given a break to like Doug Marone, it took me until about middle of the second year to be like, what the hell's going on here? Um, you know, with C.J. Spiller type stuff because he was a focal point of the offense still. And I thought Doug Marone, I was kind of losing my, my hope in. And I I had Doug Whaley's back pretty hard because I, I looked at the team like always having talent all of a sudden. And Rex Ryan, I could give some breaks to because he had a lot of injuries. And, you know, at least he tried to make some changes. So I, I'm not defending those guys, but I feel that when no coaching staff went, went, I felt this week that when there was not one side of the ball, even special teams that you can depend on, um, it, it's there's a really big problem with the team because at least with Rex, you could say the offense was putting up points. At least with Doug Marone, you could say that defense between coordinators, by the way, two different systems was a very acceptable, formidable defense. And in hindsight, Jim Schwartz is in Philly kicking ass so as a defensive coordinator so right now this podcast is about how do we get the buffalo bills 
back on track, and we're going to go through it. I, I thought our last podcast, number 159, venting our confusion with Kevin Masseri, um, brought Kevin back to really kind of dig us out of the hole. He spends a lot of time with Eric Turner there at CoverOne.net, going through film, talking with guys like Nate Geary, who's played college ball. Also, you know, he hosts the, the, the Late Late Show of right after show from Bulldog for Bill's coverage. So check that out on WGR 550. Love Nate Geary. We've had him on in the past. Got to get him back. So, Nate, if you're listening, I'll be texting you soon, as always. So, really, you know, kind of got the coverage down. You know, you also have Aaron Quinn there, who does great coverage with Lockdown Bills. And, you know, follow John Murphy. Get your good source in there. Listen to guys like Ruben Brown. Listen to Donald Jones talk. Listen to Thurman Thomas talk. You know, and and one thing I'll say to and Kevin, I know you're there. So um, one thing I'll say to, to to hitch this off, Kevin, is I think the number one way that the Bills can can get back on track is by putting the players. I know it's this is so cliche, okay, but you have to put the players in the best position to succeed, and it, you can't hammer on Tolbert that he's in on plays that he shouldn't be in on because he's not being used the right way. I think Tolbert has showed out fine. We've discussed this many times. And right there, that coaching staff, to me, the beef is like, we see them using these players wrong here. How am I going to trust this coaching staff if it's the coach, by the way, that made that move a quarterback? Um, If it's the coaching staff, what did you see from Nathan Peterman? To, to, to really put them in there because they're supposed to know more than us and they're not really helping themselves on what they want to show us, the cards that they do show us, they're not good. So, Kevin, can you take it from here? Are you still on the line? I'm still here, Dave. Okay, I only ramble for six minutes. Wow, that's a good ramble. Yeah, so, you know, players in position to win. I mean, what what... What are some key ones? Like, what what are your thoughts on what I rambled about? I think something every coaching staff struggles with, and I have seen it from this coaching staff already in the first, you know, ten games of the season with a bye week, eleven season, eleven week seasons into the season. You have a problem with always thinking you're smarter than your talent, right? So you have a coach who wants to run a cover two bend but don't break. Um, doesn't have the quite personality he wants. He doesn't have the athletic linebackers that he needs. Traded away one of his run stuffing nose tackles in Darius, um, which is pivotal. Stopping the run is pivotal, pivotal, pivotal in this soft cover too because you're letting up yards through the air. Um, the last thing you can do is let up a lot of yards on the ground. You started off the season well, is that's why you you know are top three in run defense, and that's kind of what alluded to the five and two record. Um, Rick Dennison is just so stuck on his own offensive scheme too um, that. You know, you have guys that aren't really in the position to win. I think you should see more spread formation. You see it a little bit. The Bills actually don't leave a guy in the block very often, which is interesting. Um, they leave their five-man line in there alone. So you have five eligible receivers pretty much on every play. Um, you know, you just have a fullback in there sometimes. You just have two tight ends in there, 12 personnel. Um, I mean, you're not seeing enough effectiveness um, on the uh, offensive side of the ball. You know, you have a offensive line who's now used to a power run block scheme, you know, now in his own scheme, you know, struggling a little bit with that. Um, so I just, 
I don't necessarily think at this point the coaches are putting their players in the best position to win, and that's why you're down to like 20 players from the remaining um, team from last season. I mean, that's a ridiculous turnover, and it's not going to stop there. They're going to continue to move parts around. I I, I don't want to cut you off, but I think they got to really just – in, in the coaching staff's defense, Kevin, um, they have added more – power run plays to the repertoire we saw shady mccoy get off and honestly shady mccoy has gotten off probably about four or five other times but there really are phantom holds in this league and i really almost think that the hold is there to control points it's really ridiculous because those ones that are blatant you see the ref's head staring at it when you're at the games and it's not called and then a little ticky tack big play gets i mean just look at the bills and the giants a few years ago uh, you had two touchdowns called back. One from, uh, I think it was, was it Shady or Mike Gillisley? And then one from Tyrod Taylor running in. So uh, all from Phantom, bad, bad, bad calls. Yep, I remember those. Yeah, so it's like, you know, the Bills, what I don't like about the Bills is what you're saying, to piggyback on what you said, is they're handcuffing themselves and, 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 you know, I've been ripping McDermott saying, oh, where's the book? You got the book. And, and and it's not a rip at McDermott. It's just the whole marketing to McDermott to us was this guy has every answer. And he's got this book. And he's super organized. And I'm sure he's ripping out his proverbial hair. And he's really stressed the fuck out. And I don't blame him. You know what I mean? I don't blame him. And... If he's fiery on the sidelines, I can't imagine him in the room with the guys. He's a pretty straightforward dude. Like, no, we're going to do it. And, and I like that about him. And and I really like what McDermott brings. I like his attitude. I like his pedigree. I really do. Um, it, it's just, I, here we are, ten ga- six games left. Right off, you know, you got five wins. You have two. You have at least one team in the Jets that you should have beaten. Because the first two games, the Chargers lost by a field goal because their field goal kicker sucked, right? So something like that, at least Mike Smith was telling me. And, uh, you know, you just look at things like this team, I was willing to give it a pass for the first four to six games, and, and I'll take those five wins. But, you know, hey, it's okay to look like dog shit because before you know it, you have your, your, your problems ironed out, and now you're 7-2. and two. Or seven and three instead of five and five, and now you're looking like the Patriots. Now the Patriots look like geniuses, but three weeks ago they, I don't know, hey man, they're very vulnerable. No, they just iron out their problems, and the problem is, is we're seeing these problems that don't get addressed. And then, an oppressor, you don't look good to me when you tell me, McDermott, that you're very methodical. That's great. That is, but we have to. I'm not saying he isn't trying to. The results are not urgent results, Kevin. Does that make sense to you? They seem like they're still bashing square pegs in round holes. Sure does. I mean, I'm with you. I mean, I, I still think that there's um, some some major schematic issues with their playing styles. I think that they reached a point where they were overperforming, and you saw some of that regression over the last three weeks to the level that we've seen is just remarkable. Uh, but 
you know, they kind of evened itself out. You know, the Bills are now allowing 25 points per game average. Um, that's ridiculous. And it was up. It was the top or first or second in the league prior to that three game stretch. Um, so you have a really epically bad stretch um, that not only puts you down to even, you know, regressed you below even. You know, it feels like a honestly, Dave, it feels like a three and uh, three and seventeen. To be honest, it really does. Although they're five and five, um, you have a chance this week to kind of right the ship, get yourself into real playoff position. Um, there, there's no other way to put it. They have a chance to be in playoff position. Um, and you know, you're rooting for a Baltimore loss. If that's your kind of thing, um, there's really not much else there. So we'll, we'll see if the team actually cares about winning or if they're going to go and lay another egg. I'll tell you what, I think, you know, the calculated risk of putting Nathan Peterman in there. I, I talk myself into it and I don't want to throw the shit on the wall here, but if I was to, I don't think that the, the thing that's scary to me is sometimes there's writing on the wall and especially as a Bills fan, I don't want to accept it. And this is a franchise that is owned by people who tank the team of the Sabres. I don't follow hockey that tight. I play men's hockey. I don't follow it that tight. I, I, I try to, um, but I, to be real with you, I got to listen to a lot of perspectives and read perspectives before I just start babbling out of my mouth. So um, I want to have a little bit of integrity here when I talk. So this is kind of hard for me to say because I'm not trying to, to stir anything up. But it's really weird when, you know, murmurs come out while Doug Whaley's in there that, you know, McDerm- that, that the front office is gone and that McDermott's going to bring in his guys. And in the beginning, we heard murmurs, which I think is just, I thought was just loose garbage from reporters because we've sat at those press conferences. It's, it's a crock of crap. You know what I mean? Like, But there was rumblings that the team is tanking. And I'm like, no way. No way the team is tanking. They got Sammy Watkins. They got... Darius coming back. They got this defensive line coach that's going to get him into gear and yada, yada, yada. And, you know, from all accounts, the way that the Sabres were tanked is maybe Chad would know from, uh, you know, Beyond the Blade. But I was talking with Mike Sawyer about it. And I don't want to misquote him, but I think the way, actually, no, I can't quote him. But I would think that they did it schematically. And they did it just by having younger talent tank it. Now, again, people are going to tweet me, oh, you don't want to talk about with the Sabres. I'm just saying, like, there's different ways to tank than just to say you're tanking. And you could say that all of these Bills players are out of position. And we had a conversation pre-roll, and which I'll shoot it back to you after this point, that, like, you know, the cornerbacks are the best position on the field. And my argument to you was, like, yeah, that's great, but like last I checked, Roby Coleman played just fine. Last I checked, Ronald Darby showed a lot of promise. Last I checked, Gilmore did too. And last I checked, Kevon Seymour was developing, was looking to be a steal in the draft, kind of, because he got his eyes fixed, and I was willing to ride that ship. And, you know, it didn't work out that way. They fired Donnie Henderson, Ed Reed's brought in, um... And the secondary tanked. Corey Graham looked like crap, you know, and I tried to defend him. And um, and, and, and it's like, here we go. 
rinse, repeat. And it's like now our defensive line, you have years of Jerry Hughes being used, right? You have a fresh formula rookie who was used better last year, and he came in and only played like 10 games or something. You know what I mean? Come on. How, how in shape was, was Shaq Lawson? And, and now you, you don't hear anything about him. You trade away the guy that, again, on tape gets double teamed because he's not your culture guy. And lo and behold, the defense can't stop a nosebleed even more. It's it's just so you kind of wonder like, are they tanking? I, I, you know, and I can't go down that road. But like, are they they really putting Peterman? I mean, Peterman. We know how much Pagulas love Pittsburgh, right? So you kind of I don't know. I really don't know, man. Like sometimes I wonder, like, was it really? Who whose call was the quarterback change? I, I it's because you make you make your coach look really stupid, and I don't think Terry would do that. You know what I mean? But you could at the same time though really argue that it's a hockey-ish move. You know that's what Mike Sawyer was telling me that like it, it is a hockey move to pull your goalie, kind of shake it up a little bit. And Tyrod Taylor came out just swinging bullets, man. Just not even looking at the low reads from what I saw. Would you agree, Kevin? Yeah, I'd agree with that for sure. So I'm thinking that Tyrod Taylor comes out with his hair on fire and it's like, I don't want to buy the tank and I'm not going in there. But somebody could make that argument that I laid out to you to me. I think that they are going to put in Peterman and they did put in Peterman, I should say. Because they want to lose games, Dave. I don't know that that's a full scale on tank. Um, but I guess it is by definition. If you're putting in a player that you know is worse than your starter um, with purpose of potentially dropping a game, that is just another way to say tanking. I don't love the word tank. I think every pro athlete goes to win. But when you when you sub out your starting quarterback, who's fairly decent um, for a guy as unknown as LaShawn McCoy said, this guy could go in and throw five touchdowns or throw five interceptions, and he did the latter – you are sending a message to your entire uh, defense and your entire rest of your offense. Your offensive line's like, what's going on here? Your defense is like, we're not going to win this game. This guy's throwing up picks. They're now in a mindset to where we're trying to lose these games. So they're going to play, per- they're just going to play a rapid game and they're going to just decline, 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 decline rapidly because they don't feel like they're in the best position to win a game. Look at their quarterbacks, a fifth round rookie who shouldn't be in the game. It's all mindset. You don't lose talent. You just straight up, you don't, you don't think that your team's well, going to get there's, it done. There's no, there's no depth on the team. Think about yeah. that. Think about that. And, think- and that. and then schematically, we see these quarterbacks. It's like Peterman. Again, I'm not trying to make this a negative cast here, but Peterman was gets all the excuses in the world. You know, oh, he had guys in his face. Well, so did Tyrod. Oh, that ball's right. got to be out. Well, his back is to the freaking thing. Because to the pocket, because he he has to get out of there. Like right. it, it's like Vlad Dukas has tanked the team just about like alone. Miller, nah, nah, he doesn't fit. Nah, we got these guys. Nah, we're just gonna hang out. Nah, and it's like, dude, I cannot believe that this coaching staff would want to make this. I'm not gonna buy. Like, dude, I, I would love to go down that with you, and I'm not trying to strongly disagree. 
But like, dude, I can't. Like, my heart won't let me do it, Kevin. Like, because if the if the if they're still thinking that the quarterback changes everything, yes, you do need a quarterback. It's driven by the quarterback. You need a smart guy. You, this is not the. If this staff can't get anything right, they can't. Uh, you had Thurman Thomas Wednesday on John Murphy talking. Have they thrown any screens? And they have. And Donald Trump's like, no, I don't think they have any to anybody. And it's like schematically are they taking I, I it's almost like Tyrod Taylor gets killed you'd think they would like LaShawn McCoy eating over the backfield uh, you know you got Tolbert on swing passes and, and, and option runs like what are you doing and you got LaShawn McCoy who's wonderful in space but how do you ask a Hall of Famer to just quit how do you ask this this team just to quit you don't I, I don't I mean it happens so you gotta be cute about it and you know, Nathan Peterman, a fifth-round rookie, is the best option we have quarterback. I would bet you Joe Webb would have cleaned up compared to Nathan Peterman. In fact, I think Tyrod Taylor would have fucking stomped that team. Honestly. Honestly. Like, LaShawn McCoy was getting off. Yeah. I mean, you can't win games and you're tossing pick sixes and you're tossing interceptions on third down and you're doing yeah. things that just put your team in no position to win the football game. The players shouldn't have been playing in the game. They were making a move to see what they got. We'll say we'll keep it positive, Dave, to see what they had in the future um, with a player that they maybe thought could give them a spark and a spark plug. Even over in cover one and locked on bills, people were trying to justify the move internally, like a lot of the internal discussions were, oh, there's, there's justification here. I didn't think there was any justification to make the move before their seventh or eighth loss. Um, I love that internally because I'm going to go, yeah, yeah, you know, uh, we're having conversations internally. Um, as I'm staring at this drywall bucket with like RC car parts I found like in the garbage <laughs> I'm going to put on eBay. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> as I sit here internally, look at this Yamaha board blinking at me. Um, oh, man. No, I, I know, man. It's so, okay. Okay, let, let, let's just totally switch gears. Okay. Charles Clay. We talked pregame here, and look, he's been hurt. And Tyrod Taylor has a rapport with Charles Clay, and not for nothing, the other guy you trade away, Sammy Watkins, who's been healthy, um, and the other guy you had chemistry with that you wouldn't sign back. Like, like yo, I would take a Robert Woods for Darius's cap space right now. I would take a Sammy Watkins. I, I would take all these guys. Uh, you know, they, they have this thing called chemistry. So, chemistry's coming back in Charles Clay again. Uh, Zay Jones, we'll get into after, but Charles Clay, what are we looking from him uh, against the Chiefs? And do you think the Chiefs can actually, uh, can can Charles Clay be shut down from the Chiefs this year? Uh, I don't think, I, I mean, I think he's one of Tyrod's favorite targets. Um, played last week, but with Peterman. I mean, you're going to see... Charles Clay be the focal point of this office with Kelvin Benjamin not traveling. He's still questionable. Um, you never know. He could warm up and not be ready to go, um, which would totally suck. However, you know, you should have the full complement of players back like you had, you know, during your winning streak. You don't have Benjamin, but he wasn't on during the winning streak anyways. Right. You have Clay, Matthews, Zay Jones, as well as Deontay Thompson, Andre Holmes, Nick O'Leary. LaShawn McCoy and now Traveris Cadet. So you have a fair complement of offensive weapons. Um, nothing that's crazy good, but but definitely enough to, to, to get it done here. 
Okay. Um, so you're going to have Charles Clay. That's going to be a focal point. The Chiefs are allowing a ton of yards. I mean, you're talking about a Chiefs team that um, can be taken advantage of on the defensive side of the ball. They're giving up the ninth most fantasy points to quarterbacks. Um, you know, they're what they're 28th in the NFL in passing yards allowed per game at 259. So, I mean, you have you have some advantages there. I mean, you definitely have some advantages in the pass game. Their 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 defense isn't very strong. It's not what they're used to. Um, as you know, they're usually a pretty strong defense. Now they're they're kind of depending on what you're going to get out of um, Hunt and Hill and even Alex Smith. They're kind of more of an offensive team right now. I would agree with that because Alex Smith is hit or miss. I remember uh, a couple years ago we thought Alex Smith, oh, he doesn't throw deep. And then what do you do against the Bills? He threw deep the whole game over Gilmore um, perfectly. Um, so I wanted to actually rebuttal and, and rewind a little bit to what you were saying and actually bring up a new point because um, I can make the argument that this offense now with Charles Clay back, okay, is actually better set up with Charles Clay up and Calvin Benjamin out. Um, Jordan Matthews, what's his status? He's, by all accounts, supposed to play. He was supposed to play last week and didn't. But like EJ Gaines a couple weeks prior, they just can be ghost scratched. So you don't know. No, it's it's actually no no leaks on that right now. Okay, so I'll leave Jordan Matthews as my little X factor, okay? So you could tell me that if you trotted out there Charles Clay, Deontay Thompson, and Zay Jones, okay? Um I wanna say maybe Nick O'Leary, but put Nick O'Leary in there, right? And now if Matthews is in, obviously, you know, Deontay Thompson or Zay Jones. But I think the staff is going to pick Zay Jones over Thompson. But the thing is, you have Tavares Cadet now because Tolbert, you're not sure about yet. Well, if the coaching staff does want to win, they're going to keep Tolbert in the right spots where you need him. They're going to use their guys the right way. I could probably bet that this offense is better set up with Calvin Benjamin out now than they were even five games ago because you had Zay Jones dropping a lot of balls and now he's become a very dependable target. And Deontay Thompson is an upgrade over the other clay guy they had. Uh, Brandon Tate is a solid guy when called on. So... um, and honestly, we talked Andre Holmes. He's another guy you'll have out there starting, you know, top three. And and Andre Holmes, I think he's sneaky. He he's like a he's like a guy where if you're an opposing team and you're looking at the Bills, you don't see or think much about Andre Holmes because he doesn't have like you know the Bills don't have many offensive plays. Do you follow me? But when his number's called, dude, he has done some like, I don't want to say Randy Moss type toe drag catches, but like, you know what I'm saying? Like the style, like, 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 like he really can get long and keep his feet in. You know what I mean? And I think when his number's been called, he's made some spectacular catches that are kind of under the radar. So it's like, 
between Zay Jones and Andre Holmes having some confidence with Tyrod Taylor and Deontay Thompson being up and Tavares Cadet, who's I thought awesome to watch. That man, he he laid the he he laid the lumber on that safety. Um and you know what I mean? He he it was great. You know? Like I, I think they could schematically really handle the Chiefs, honestly. They they should be able to. I think that there's an opportunity there to handle the Chiefs. It's an arrowhead. Um, they have a good set of offensive weapons that could get it done. They're, they've lost four out of five, so it's not like they're coming in uh, like New England Patriots hot or Saints hot. or um, They've lost games that they should lose. They lost to the Giants. Um, there's an opportunity to win there. I mean, this is, this is it. I mean, this is the last play for the season if they go to five and six with uh, – uh, with New England on the fold, you know the season's pretty much all all but done with. So, I think this is the last play. I think you'll see the best Tyrod Taylor. You see, he usually plays good in these type of games just to get you to where you want to go. Uh, I think it'll at least be close, a really good game we haven't seen in three weeks now. So, um, getting to six and five with a wide open AFC could actually lead for a fun finale, Dave. It could lead for a fun final weeks with only uh, with two winnable Miami games, a winnable Indianapolis game. I mean, that gets you to nine right there. You're nine and five. If you could squeak out one of the New England games, I mean, you're in Look, really, honestly, really, really like, good like shape. This is, but this if you is, can't and you go nine and seven, you're still right there. It's like really hard for me because I'm watching the Chargers and and the Cowboys, and I'm like, oh, it's the refs. Here I am with my ref, uh, my ref Vegas thing. It's like, well, they can't let they can't let the the bad Jerry Jones team win now. You know, that's what I think, right? Because I'm seeing these pass interference calls get called, but not on the other side. You know. So uh, Philip Rivers, Phillip, franchise quarterback, Philip Rivers gets those calls. So now we can't have quarterbacks that ever can win because well, the franchise guys get those calls. They extend their drives. They get more, you know, they get to keep sharpening their sword. So I don't know. I, I find so much hatred <laughs> towards like other teams and towards, oh, poor me with the Bills. And, you know, and it's like really, nah, man. The Bills just got to get out of their own way. And these guys have been in the league way too long to, you know, when McDermott mentions, I've, you know, I've been 20 years of coaching a couple of press conferences ago. It's like, you know, when you got to start mentioning that, it, it shows to me that you're not confident or that. You have to reassure us, and and I've done that too. You know, for even you know the stupid drywall stuff. I mean, I've seen, I haven't seen something like this in twenty years of doing it, and that's the truth. You know, you got to do that. Uh, but sometimes it kind of like raises an eyebrow a little bit. Like, why do you got to tell us that? Because you have a defensive coordinator, Leslie Frazier, and this awesome defensive line coach who can't get the defensive line to play. Um. You got Sean McDermott, who's a defensive coach, making a quarterback change, if it's him, right? And it's taking the heat off that defense. Like, how do you fix the Bills' defense, Kevin? I mean, what do you think? And I will probably wrap on that if you're cool with sure. that. Sure, yeah, that's cool. Um, to fix the defense, there are a couple of things. I mean, you need to go back to the basics, as they've, they've stressed. You need to guess the right gaps. Parsons Brown's been awful. Their linebacking course has been awful. You've got limited you've, – you've had limited help from Lorenzo Alexander right now. He's not rushing the passer. He's um, struggling in pass coverage. 
and then you also have Ramon Humber, who's kind of kind of running around like a like a chicken with his head uh, chopped off, um, who can make a play here and there, and, and even Matt Milano hasn't been strong. So it's, it's been linebacking play. Uh, you saw it in the Chargers ran Derek Watt up the middle for 14 yards on a fullback dive. I mean that's just that's just not supposed to happen. Um, so you have some some gap assignment issues. You have some integrity issues there. Um, you're getting beat on the line of scrimmage offensive by the offensive lines. They played a couple of good ones. Um, the Chargers, I did not think, had a good offensive line, so that was unfortunate um, that they lost that battle. They're not really getting good defensive tackle play. You without heard. good defensive tackle play and out, without good linebacking play, your pass rush can only do so much. Mm-hmm. You're not getting to the quarterback, um, but you are still playing fairly solid in the secondary. Um, you let Keenan Allen destroy you, but um, you know that wasn't the reason they lost the game. They would have they would have played them a lot tighter if if that was a different a different game. I agree. Um, you know, I will say, hey, turnovers do make a difference. And, you know, this podcast is about getting the Bills back on track. And, um, Kevin, I'll say here's the, my big points is being the delusional Bills, Bills fan that I can be, that I am, I'm a lot less now. I'm starting to see it. I'm starting to get things. Um, I'll say that, hey, if you showed it on tape, you can do it. And you could take a handful of plays that these guys do well. I don't have time to break down the plays. I'm not going to list them out to you. You can tweet Eric Turner or Kevin or anybody else um, to find the, the handful of plays that these guys do well. And what I think from there is just slowly build confidence. Me, you know. Just try not to be so predictable. Control what you can't control, Bills. Just get the guys in the right position to succeed. I don't care if you run five plays the whole time. I mean, I, I, how many times did we hear from the legends back in the 90s where that Kagon offense would still hold up today? Um, you know, hey, you know, we only use a few plays and we just had different variations, you know? And that's when, again, like, why aren't these players succeeding? You don't have anything to build on. Well, go to what you can do. If that means that you got to run it between Eric Wood and Levitri because, or not Levitri, and uh, Incognito because they're used to, uh, you know, like that's a successful play. That's what you got to do. If the left side is stronger, that's what you got to do. And in game one, the left side of the run game was a lot better than the right side, and the right side is just a failure. And they keep trying it and trying it. And I'm like, who's this guy on the carpet? Oh, it's Ducasse. Really? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like it's like okay. Well, what are you guys not seeing? It's like oh, you're just not executing. It's like, well, control what you can control. Keep doing what you do until they can stop it. Because every single drive, it seems like there's negative yardage. I've never seen a team get so many negative yards, and that's why I can make the argument that the next quarterback change should be to Joe Webb if you're going to make one. Right. So yeah, maybe. I, I think the defensive line. I don't understand. You got a young kid, formidable, pretty much rookie and a half. And you got Jerry Hughes, who's shown it on tape. You got Kyle Williams with millions of systems. And you got to plug the hole somehow. Um, If you got no pass rush, I would like to see a a, a Humber and Milano out there with maybe a Lorenzo Alexander um, on the edge. You know, it's... If Lawson ain't producing, then you got to put somebody else in there. If Jerry Hughes ain't producing, you got to put somebody. Okay, like, 
I don't understand. You also are there any depth guys on defense, real quick, that you would like to see get more play time that you think deserve it? Um, I think Mulatto. Um, he's a good depth piece, and the linebacking core is weak. You should just play him. Um, I also, I mean. Other than that, I like. I actually did like what Coleman was able to do at the defensive tackle position. He earned himself some more play time. It's a big like guy. Thor- He's a big yeah. guy. I like Cedric Thornton a lot. He earned himself some play time. Um, you know, defensive ends wise, you know, you you have some solid, actually, really solid, actually, you have some depth on the defensive line. None of it is top end talent. Uh, Kyle Williams is kind of regressing a little bit. Jerry Hughes is good. Is he um, regressing or is he just yeah, getting yeah, manhandled because? They're paying attention to him. He's just I, maybe a little of both. Maybe a little of both. That's what I'm saying. Um, but he's definitely regressing, Dave. Oh, um, don't say that. I know. I'm sorry. That's like old Yeller, man. Yep. I'm sorry. It's like you just told me, like, dude, the rabies yep. is formed. And this is going to be it for him. I mean, pretty much you're going to enter next year with a Jerry Hughes, Shaq Lawson, so you, your your defensive ends should be back. I don't know, man. Jerry Hughes might make too much money to them, so you know the yeah, bean I mean, counter might fire him. So you know, hey, you didn't produce, you got to renegotiate. And Jerry Hughes is the kind of person that would probably tell you go fuck yourself and yep. get kicked off the team. And hey, you know what we're gonna do? Well, we got the youngest team in the league. It's gonna take a few years to develop them, and I'm not gonna watch your fucking team. I'm gonna be doing well, called. They the num- can't play that card because they're not the youngest. They're like one of the oldest teams in the league. Well, they not. will be when they got the roster with all their great equity draft picks. Yeah, they could. They could be on their way to doing that. I Minus mean. generational talent, because you know. Okay, that, am I ranting? Um, I think you want to keep it positive, right? So look, I think the Bills can do it. All right, we've seen Tyrod Taylor put up points. That's what we know is Tyrod Taylor putting up points, Kevin. And and for real, if Tyrod is just allowed to play quarterback, we talked about it before last podcast, and I've said it a few games ago. Let Tyrod Taylor audible. If he held the board for four years, he can read a defense. And again, we've seen him do what's asked of him. He couldn't throw over the middle. No, he does now. He does do that now. Let him sling it. If you're willing to put in this rookie quarterback, that's why it's kind of fishy that uh, that it came from the coach. Because if you're willing to put in a rookie quarterback and he's not allowed to audible, and it's like, if you're LaShawn McCoy, you're like, what the fuck is this box? Are we going to get out of this plane? Like, you know what I mean? Like, don't you think we... Come on, Zay Jones is kind of quick. When you got safeties so close that the linebackers that they dropped in the coverage would almost step on their feet, it's like you're kind of wondering, like, what what are, what are we doing here? Let Tyrod audible, please. Please. Let's see some screen passes. I want to see four screen plays. Yeah, you script out your first 15 plays. Well, your first 15 plays have sucked because you've barely gotten through them in a half. So you know what you do? Do what works. Get your guys into space. Who's good in space? LaShawn McCoy, what does he do? He makes people miss. Zay Jones has been dependable. Do not sleep on Zay Jones now. You know, so... Kevin, I, you, Dave. I got faith, man. I'm not I'm not here to down the team. I'm really, really looking forward to this game. And maybe this quarterback thing could be the best thing. And, and this could be the thing that we ride off in the sunset into the playoffs. Because... Teams are human. The Bills can go knock off the Patriots. 
you know, the the Chargers could fall apart. Uh, stranger things have happened, and it's like, oh, Baltimore has an easy schedule on the way out. Do they or do they not? The Bills should be able to handle Miami. If they don't, they're pathetic. Uh, you know, it's just... This is just, like, honestly the most defeating season I've had mid-season. I've never felt this way. I've never not had faith in one side of the ball. Does that yeah, make it's sense? A def- it's a defeating one, man. It's um, really... It, it's it's been it's been a weird one. I think that there's just been such a bad stretch of, um, it's just been such a bad stretch of three games. Just the blowouts, one of the worst three game stretches in the drought. Um, the the score differential, how how much they've regressed, pretty much everywhere. Uh, benching the quarterback, trading for a receiver who has been now hurt, and also he made that trade to, to win now. Uh, bench, you know, benching your quarterback to how lose now. How about two receivers that are hurt? Yeah, I mean, you have your other traded for receiver that's hurt. You're potentially still going into next year with only two receivers in Kelvin Benjamin and uh, Zay Jones. Um, I guess Andre Holmes is still signed. Um, so you have three receivers there. You're still going to need to do a little bit of work there in the offseason. Um, if it's not Matthews, um, you're still going to need to go out and get another receiver. So, Yeah, it just sucks, man. I think they could have – honestly, they, they could have gotten – coaches to match the talent better um i think you can definitely say that on the offensive side of the I, ball. It's, it's just hard when you see a guy out there in la with the rams young and um i i think this is i think this is dennison's only year dave i don't think he gets another year unless they really show a lot in the last six games like go I, like, I I just I mean go four and two and show a lot. So you know, what? Yeah. So what? You draft your you draft your franchise quarterback into a system that you know nothing of. I mean, you know I yep. railed on Mike McCoy getting fired, but some people are like, "Well, that was kind of stupid." It looked like they're turning it around a little bit. So maybe that is the guy. I mean, what is your thoughts on that? Uh, like, is that is that? I mean, that's not good PR, but like, what is there a, a benefit? Is there a side of that story where you could be like, yeah, Mike McCoy, yada, 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 like, he got a raw deal that you know of? I don't know anything about the Broncos situation. Um, I think maybe he got a raw deal. I mean, the quarterback situation's a mess. I heard Elway's tough to work with in terms of, especially offensively. Um, I don't think their defense has been good as it usually is. I don't like Vance Joseph as a coach very much. I think he could have gotten a raw deal. Um, is definitely proven more than like Rick Dennison, but I don't know how eager I'd be going to replace Rick Dennison with Mike McCoy. It's just look, man. If, if Rico, it, it's also his first year column plays, okay? And so I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt for this one statement. Not only, I mean, I give him it if he deserves it. You know, I try to be objective here. I'm not. Like, one thing I don't ever want to do, Kevin, is when I say that coaches got to be fired or whatever, I don't want to move somebody away from their family, and they did a lot of work to get here. But at a point, it is a job, and when it seems like we know more about the personnel sometimes than the coaches, and, and that, that means nothing disrespectfully, it just means I know what these guys can do, and you guys are paid to watch the tape. I mean, th- this situation shouldn't happen, and... You know, Buffalo fans are very, very, very quick to 
to side with you if you're different than the coach previous. And in that case, Rex Ryan is shooting softballs. Okay, you could have pulled the Premier League soccer coach to coach football for the first time in his life. And um, you, you would have done better than Rex Ryan to, yeah, to, I mean, to Bill's fans. Yeah, I mean, there's been some raw deals going on. If you want an offensive coordinator who throws the ball a lot, you know, consider McCoy. He just didn't have the quarterback. Um, he's always bottom of the league in interceptions, meaning his teams throw a ton of interceptions, but he's usually top 10 in, in, in passing. So if you're that kind of guy that's been pushing, I mean, he's had a top 10 passing offense his last one, two, three, four, five seasons. Um, I mean, the proof's in the pudding. I mean, Rick, Rick Dennison, is, it's not even his offense. This is his first time ever calling plays. That's what I'm saying. Uh, it's like so it, he, can, he can save himself by – I mean, how do you fix these problems, Kevin? It's like they say they talk to the team. The team is going to say they right. talk to the coaches, but but New honestly, day, if that's how, New honestly, that's the only way. I don't think they do. I don't think yeah. they do really talk to the players and ask them what they want to do. And and I and, and and if any players, by all means, why the fuck are you listening to me? Flattered, but you're probably not. So we'll pretend that you know you are for this part. Um, it's like how. Come on, it ain't, it ain't like we think. Like, oh yeah, we're just gonna be pals. It's like, no, they might think that guy's a dick, and he sees a, that he's a hard head, and they don't want to work with him. There could be that, or that coach doesn't like that player, so he's not gonna take his, it. It's like anything. It's like any job you have, any group of people. People are gonna be people, and to me, it's like if they're really listening to the players and stuff. Um, I don't. I mean, at this point, they have 10 games of, I don't know what the hell they do, flip the table up the fifth time if you organize it back together. And I don't know what they do well, but it's like, I know some of those offensive linemen and the running back and at least the quarterback knows what they could do. And by all means, we just need production. We need seven plays successfully on the field for the Bills offense. Can we do that? Can we just have seven play drives, give the defense a little bit of hope? I you think know? so. I, I've, I've always said if, if Rick Dennison doesn't get to 8-8 eight and eight on the offense and the offense is still regressing, he's done. Um, it's a marginal number, but um, I, I don't think he gets a second season. They'll make some moves to justify going 5-2, and two, trading for a receiver. Um, so I, think, I don't know. I think that's, that's the thing. Is like That's what takes me off the tank is they did trade for Calvin Benjamin, but again – you know, it's not his fault he's hurt, but it's like the coaching staff just kind of sits back. Well, we're not going to trot him out there for the Jets. And, and again, I always mention that it didn't really make a huge difference. But it's like, man, these are these are little wrinkles. I mean, Bill Belichick lives and dies on situational football. And I don't feel like this team offensively thinks about any situations at all. At all. And... It's hard to say that you're not tanking when you trade for Calvin Benjamin, right? But then with 12 minutes left to go, after four interceptions, you're still leaving Peterman in there. It's kind of like, how do you go back to your locker room and look at your team like that? So this is a, te- a team that there's it's still six games, okay? The Patriots just about five games ago were like, oh my God, they're vulnerable, right? Well, in five games from now, we could be like, look, they really kind of came together. Doesn't mean Denison stays, but you know what? At least we can identify what guys we want to plug into certain schemes because, by all means, I want to give credit where credit is due. We need to talk about just at least a shout-out to, to Poyer and, and and Hyde, the safeties, playing pretty well. And, you know, 
Trey White looking promising. Does it suck seeing the big things getting thrown on him? Yeah, but he's a rookie, and you know we've seen Gilmore go through it, and they become solid. And you know it's just now the front seven just needs to be retooled, reorganized. You know, Preston Brown's gone. Um, how's Milano looking? You know, uh, is Jerry Hughes here? It's like the team just needs confidence, and I just want at the end of this year this team to be together somehow with themselves and and want to play like I, I don't I want LaShawn McCoy to have that Frank Gore career I really like LaShawn McCoy he doesn't take big hits and he's super athletic and he needs to be fed the ball you need to stop LaShawn McCoy till you can't and if they're going to stack the box out of you fix it spread them out give him a different look camouflage your weaknesses keep a tight end inside to freaking chip away at whoever you know what I mean? They did it with Khalil Mack pretty well, you know, but come to find out that defensive coordinator is fired from Oakland. So how well is the Bills? Pretty bad. So right. I don't know, Kevin, anything else? Or are you good? I think we got a lot out today, Dave. I think that's that's it on my end. Okay. Well, Kevin, that's Kevin Masseri from Lockdown Bills. What do you have coming up, and when is your uh, next podcast for Lockdown I have probably three shows coming up this week, so you'll probably see a Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday. Um, usually go on on a post game, then I usually do a pre um, pre week setup with injury notes and stuff on Tuesday, Thursday or Friday. I'll try to get in a, a, a crossover with you know at this point lockdown Patriots for next week. So nice. Um, that's that's what I got going on. Well, folks, that's been podcast Num Bills fan podcast number one sixty, getting the Bills back on track against the Chiefs, and, uh, you know, we didn't talk much about Alex Smith and matchups to matchups, but really uh, wanted to come out here today and talk about what the Bills can do to work on themselves to come out and, and try to really dictate what they want to do well and identify themselves, because I felt that after Peterman was benched that the team came out and really rallied behind Tyrod and opened up. So I, I want to leave this on a good note. So on behalf of Grandstand Sports Network, PunchDrunkSports.com and NumbillsFan.com. Please follow NumbillsFan everywhere, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. You know the drill. Subscribe on iTunes, wherever you find podcasts. And uh, Kevin, thank you so much for coming back on. Um, I love talking to you regularly. You're really great and knowledgeable. So, And I get a lot of compliments from my friends. Like, man, you Kevin on. You got to get Kevin on. So, um, no, it's great to get a different side of you on the po- on this podcast, I think, too. So. Enjoy doing it, Dave. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Kevin. See ya.